following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Woo. I've often said that Sunday morning is just mind over mattress. You just got to get up. Come on, get dressed. And if you go ahead and get dressed, might as well go ahead and start the car and get on down here. And you have done that. And I'm grateful for it today. And I welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. I'm very excited. Yes, if you're a first time guest, that was me out there without the jacket. I don't wear the jacket out there because you women wear too much makeup and you get it on my jacket. No, I'm serious. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So that was me out there hugging everybody. And one little lady stopped and said, I started coming here because of that. I'm not going to leave here because of that. I love a pastor that greets people on the porch. I just love people. I wasn't born. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I wasn't a preacher's kid, but I learned how that people wanted to be treated in the house of God. And this church does its best to treat you the best that we can when you walk in the house of God. We want to make it a great experience for you because I think this ought to be the greatest happy hour in all of Austin. Right here, right here today. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm happy to be in the house of God. Amen. It's a joy to see you. For all the people that are joining in by the net, we appreciate it. and Thank you for joining in with us today. But we also appreciate the folks that have made an effort to be in the house of God. Would you stand to your feet? You're incredible people. I promise you I'm not going to be lengthy. I'm not going to be. I'll probably let you out before time. It is vacation time. But, but this is what I want to talk about today. I want to speak on the subject a four-week series I'm starting today, this week and then the first three weeks of August. I want to I talk to you about this, this, the, this theme, there is more. Everybody say, there is more. There is more. And I'm not talking about the more, oh God, I want more, 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 more. I'm not talking about, oh God, give us money, money, money. I'm, I'm not talking about the good life. I'm talking about the more abundant life. There is more for us. God has more for us in our life And I just believe it's time to preach about that. You know, I've often looked at the years like this. January, we start a brand new year and people make New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then by February, we forget them. I'm back on my blue bell. You're off your diet, all that stuff. But why not start another year, another half year in July? Why not have a July? You know, there's 31 days in January, 31 days in July. But there's just 28 in February until leap year comes, but there's 31 in August. So you got 62 days to do something great in July and August instead of just 31 and 28, 59 days. Is that the right math? I majored in it, but I hope that's right. But what a joy to just kind of start over again in the middle of the year. And also we're in the back end of summer and uh, it was a great, summer was awesome this week in Austin. Did you enjoy that? I walked outside and I thought I was in California or something. It was unreal. And I thought the West Texas humidity was awesome. There's no humidity in West Texas, folks. It can be 85 degrees and you think you got to wear a jacket. It's just, there's no humidity. What a joy to have been from West Texas. I don't want to go back to West Texas, but I've enjoyed coming from West Texas. While you're standing, I want to share a little something with you. You said, you drop something when you're young, you just stoop down and pick it up. But when you're older and you drop something, you stare at it for a little while, contemplating if you actually need it anymore. 
One way to find out if you're old is to fall down in front of a lot of people. If they laugh, you're still young. If they panic and start running to you, you're old. So if I stumble up here today, laugh, please. Laugh, 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 laugh. Turn to someone and say, I'm going to help the pastor. And you may be seated. God bless. I just want you to stand a little bit. I will not be lengthy with you today. Everybody say, there is more. Now, I, I never really hardly ever do this, and I mean this. I really don't. But I did a series for three weeks. I did one for four weeks on the ghost, which is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I, I followed that with a three-week series on true worship, true worship. And we finished that last Wednesday night. And, of course, this Wednesday night we have Mac Brock with us, and we're so excited to have him with us. But uh, if, if you want to hear what I feel about how God thinks about worship and how the Word talks about worship, listen to those. You can get them, you can download them online. They're free. We don't charge anything for them. But we want you to listen to that and just get some worship thoughts in your mind and in your heart. We're more than halfway through the summer, and it's been beautiful this week, humidity nice. We have some prayer opportunities coming up ahead of us. We always start the, the, the month of, of, of school, the school, the month school starts. We'll probably do this in September with some time of prayer. We believe in prayer here. We believe in tithing our prayer to the number of days that's in the year. So we believe we ought to pray as a church body at least 36, 37 days a year together. And, and I know that you need some prayer opportunities because I've talked to some LSU fans and some A&M fans and some UT fans. And there's some prayer opportunities for you to ask God to bless your team this year. I know that you need that. But I want you to remember, and I thank you for remembering today, your church attendance. We do have another month to go in the month, summer months. And thank you for being here today. It's just an honor. Keep your priorities right. I've often said that living for God and serving God is the bomb. I've said that for a long time. I know you think I'm a little bit older to say that, but it is rad to live for God. It's a bad thing to live for God. Ephesians chapter 3 said, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, say more, than all we ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. The King James Version says it this way, Exceeding abundantly above that we're able to ask or think. So here is a midsummer reminder. Let's be thankful for what God has done. But let's not assume that what God has done is all he wants to do. I believe that God is full of more in our lives. A little girl came home from school one day and asked her mother if she knew who Christopher Columbus was. And she said, yes. She said, do you know he's Italian? She said, yes. And the girl said, do you know Queen Isabella furnished the money for his ships? And she said, yes, dear, I heard that. The little girl thought of it for a moment. Then she said reflectively, well, really, Mom? If you already know things, I come home and tell you, I don't see any need for me going to school anymore. <laughs> School's going to start, kids. I want to stop right now. I want to stop right now and just, just welcome all of our new babies. I, 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 I blessed 25, no, 36 babies about a month and a half ago next door. And there's some babies coming to church. So if you have a baby in the house for the first time since that dedication, the first time the baby or second time the baby's been in church, would you stand up and let us cheer for you right now? I just feel like blessing babies right now. Would you do that? Would you do that? I know there's some people in the house. Come on, there's some. There's one. There's one right there. Come on. Any, there's one right here. Come on, anybody else? Come on, clap for our children. There's one right here. Come on, clap for our children. That's cool. That's good stuff. Thank you, guys. Y'all brought them to the right place on this day. Columbus 
was a renowned explorer and he grew up in Spain in a time when Spain was very proud of the fact that they were the last point of solid land going west. And when travelers arrived in Spain, usually from Africa, they were greeted with signs that had the national motto in it, Latin. The Latin motto was ne plus ultra, meaning no more beyond. That was what was in Spain. And the coins were inscribed the same way, ne plus ultra. In other words, Spain was a major destination for many in that day. As if getting to Spain meant that you had gone to the end of civilization and there was no more. You had reached the ultimate place on the earth. No more beyond Spain. They were settled there. They were comfortable there. It was the place that you could stop and say, I have arrived. It's a common tendency for people today to settle in their own version of Spain. Settle in a place mentally, settle in that place spiritually, settle in that place financially, settle in that place job-wise, settle in that place educational-wise. And they think, they stop thinking beyond where they are and they stop dreaming and they stop hoping and they stop believing that there is more. Men settle and women settle. Marriages settle. Older people settle. Young people settle. People of all ethnicities and economic status settle. Believers settle. Unbelievers settle. Businesses settle. You're getting tired of this, aren't you? And churches settle. But everything changed in Spain after Columbus discovered the new world. Spain engraved some new coins. They had some new spending currency with the phrase plus ultra, meaning more beyond. There's a new world out there. The nay was dropped from its national motto and the people embraced the reality of more beyond where they were. In 1506 in Valladolid, Spain, Christopher Columbus died and there stands a monument to this day commemorating his achievements. And there's a memorial of a statue of a lion at the base of it where the Spanish national motto is engraved. And the lion is reaching out with its paw and it's destroying one of the Latin words that had been part of Spain's motto for centuries. The word being torn away by the lion is nay, leave, leaving plus ultra, meaning there is more beyond. Columbus had proven that there was indeed more beyond. And the same is true for those that have discovered Jesus. There is more beyond when you discover Jesus Christ in your life. Because I promise you, you just getting started when you discover him. Oh, the joy of the journey of being on Team Jesus in your life. What a joy. All the jerseys are red because we've been covered by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. And we have the greatest coach in all the world. His name is Jesus. And he calls place, plays that the other team coached by the enemy cannot discern. We have a team called Jesus in our life. There's nothing like serving the great God of heaven. Amen. The reality is that God has more in mind for all of our lives. When Abraham was a very, very old man in the book of Genesis, God appeared to him because he wanted to do something significant through him. He had in mind for Abraham, even though he was, hear this now, 99 years old. 
He was 99 years old when this happened. God's plan was to make him the father of a nation. And here's what God said in Genesis 17. He said, I am God Almighty. Would you say that? I am God Almighty. If somebody spoke to you like that, I think I would listen. In Hebrew, he said, I am El Shaddai. I'm the all-sufficient one. I am the God of more than enough. At 99, he said, I'm the God of more than enough. Not just enough, not barely enough, but more than enough. Now, God may not be calling you men to be the father of a nation or you ladies to be the matriarch of a nation. But the fact that you're here means that God is not finished with your life yet. And he wants me to tell you he has more in mind for you. The reality is that some of you have hit this I'm older button. I'm too old, pastor. Or some of you young people have pushed the I'm just a youth, pastor. It happened in the Bible. But God needs you right where you are at a season to stay passionate, full of expectation. Because I promise you, God's got more for everybody in this house. And if you could only get on board with what I'm preaching right now, you'd walk out of here and whip a lion with a switch today. Hook the bear, we'll whip a lion today. Colonel Harlan Sanders was 65 years old when he actively started franchising chicken recipe. And then Truett Caffey couldn't speak until he was seven years old, but in 1946, he created Chick-fil-A. Can I say this? I eat Chick-fil-A a whole lot more than I eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I'll take the man who couldn't talk over the man that was old. Amen. Praise the Lord. But whatever your age, whatever your background, whatever your history, you need to believe this. God has more in mind for you. You're not here in 2019 just to occupy space and to use up oxygen. You're here because God has more in mind for you. And if you've been tempted to settle, I pray you get stirred up today before I'm done. I'm not going to settle where I am, Pastor. I'm going to move forward with what God has for me. I'm, going, I'm not going to settle in my faith. There is more. There's a plus ultra in my life. I know some of you have had setbacks even this year that you've not recovered from, but you don't settle there. God has more in mind for you. God is all about comebacks. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of healing. Some of have been in a maintenance mode where you've been surviving but not thriving. But it may not seem that bad, but don't settle there. God has more in mind for you today. Anybody have prayers you still want to see answered? Come on. Anybody have a prayer? Anybody have a door you want to see opened? I used to go to my uncle's house to watch the cartoons when I was a little old kid. Mom and daddy wouldn't let us have a television. And so I went next door to watch, or went down to my Uncle Bernice's a few blocks away to watch television. And there used to be a show on there called Bugs Bunny. I love Bugs Bunny. He went on to say, he, 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 that's all, folks. Now, I can't do it like they did. But the good news is, folks, that that's not all, folks. 2019 is not over. We have started the second half of a, of a beautiful year, and we might as well just step up to the plate and say, there is more. Some think because you missed the first two months of the year, then the year is done, it's settle time. You know, you make these resolutions and then February gets here and all of a sudden you quit that diet, you quit going to the gym and I start eating bluebell again. You know how it is. In fact, I'm, start, I, I, I'm, really, I'm really gonna have a, a life group this fall. I really am and I'm not trying to be funny and we're gonna serve bluebell every time we get together. 
so I can't have but 25 in my life group, so I, I, I'm going to have to be very picky because if you don't like Bluebell, just get on down the road and we'll do something else. We're not going to teach Bluebell. We're just going to have it. Everybody say, he's the God of January. He's the God of July. He's the God of August. I don't have to settle any day of my life. I can achieve what God wants me to achieve because there is more for me in my life. Whatever you need, more of. God is the source of an endless and generous supply. Patty and I, when we first got married, we've been married going on 38 years and boy, it's been a blessed, blessed marriage. I, I don't know how she put up with me, but I thank God that God gave her to me. What a joy to have Patty in my life. And we went to Niagara Falls uh, not long after we were married and we walked up under, we put those rain suits on, we walked up under the falls and, and folks, you couldn't even hear each other talk. You couldn't even hear each other speak to one another. It was so noisy and, and, the, and the waters, the cascading waters, you never, you thought there's going to be a break sometime. There's got to be a, 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 a break in plant point sometime, but no break, just solid crescendo down, down that hill and down that fall. And we're underneath it, watching it and hearing it. And it almost got a little scary, but it also felt thunderously awesome because the God that I serve made the water that comes over that falls. And Patty and I have a trip planned in October. We're not going on a vacation this summer. We're going to take a few days in October. We like to go up in, in the Northeast and see all the stuff and see the leaves change and all that. And we're going to go back to Niagara Falls. And I've got a wager with Patty that the falls will be just as loud then as they were 37 and a half years ago. And if the falls of, of Niagara Falls are just as loud and just as powerful now as they were then, how come? I can't stand here and say the God of heaven that created that is not dwindling. There is no trickle down economics in his world. He is the God that is above all, through all, and in us all. And he's awesome and he's outstanding and he never fails and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's got more for us. The Bible said in Philippians, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you believe he can supply? Do you believe he is the supply? Do you believe that the water is failing? No, the power of God is still sailing through this world right now, mesmerizing the people of God right now. Come on, let's get excited about him this morning. Let's clap about the fact that God has never changed. His power is still the same. In fact, I don't want you to miss next week. We're going to be talking about a blessed life next week. God has more in 2017. We're going, uh, 2019. We're going to talk about blessed living. You need more mercy? There is more. You need more compassion? There is more. You need more grace? There's more. Are you mourning too much? God's got some oil of gladness to give you. Do you have a spirit of heaviness on you today? God's got a garment of praise for you. Are you sorrowful today? God wants to give you joy. The Bible said in Lamentations chapter 3, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can I tell you, every morning there's new mercies. Not reused mercies, not recycled mercies, but new mercies every morning. When you woke up today, you got mercies that you had never experienced in all your life today. Is that an awesome God? I'm telling you, folks, there's more than you could ever imagine. There's some things, you know, that PJ and I, uh, we, we're, we're pretty close. We're, we're not only uh, husband and wife and, and, and dear lovers, but we are best friends. And I, she's my best buddy. She's my best buddy. And, and, and we like to go places together. You know, like 
like, we like to, uh, like to eat at good places together. And if one of us goes there and, uh, and, and the other one's not there, it's, it's not real good. It's not real good. Like my wife will ask me when I get home and she's cooking dinner, or I'm going to take her out or whatever, you know, we got an empty nest now. So I don't want her to cook for just two. I'd rather take her out and, and, and pet on her a little bit. But I'll go home and she said, where'd you eat today? I said, multiple choice. I'm going to give you multiple choice. Let you guess. And I'll name three places. And she said, I don't want that. I know where you ate. I know where you ate. And, and if it's someplace that she thinks is just pretty much off the chain, it's not good. It's really not good. It's not good. Or if I go someplace, and I used to, when I was in ministry, I'd go places and I would literally call home and I say, Patty, I know that your way's not paid to this meeting, but I'll pay, babe. Get on the plane and come up here. I've seen some things up here that you need to see with me. I don't want to see this by myself. Now, I'm not trying to be the good husband here and make all you guys feel like the bad husband. That's how I do husbandry. That's how I do it. Okay, that's how it works in my family because I, I outkick my coverage and I'm still trying to get the punt team to cover because my wife is a classic lady. And so we do that. And so what we try to do is that we try to share everything we can. We share sorrows. We share happiness. We share joys. We share pain. We share the presence of God together. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. We was driving down the road one day and Patty said, baby, I got a little arthritis in my hands. And I just reached over and I said, God, this is my wife. She don't need arthritis in her hands. She's got to do some stuff. And God healed her. It's an amazing thing when you love one another and you care for one another. This is something that we want to be known at Christian Life Church. Here's what I want to preach. I'm setting all this up because I want God to anoint this congregation the way he anoints this pastor. I want an anointing to be on your life and in your home. Are you with me? I want you to walk in favor with God. I want you to have the blessings of God because Patty and I have been walking in the favor of God for a long time. Have we had setbacks? Yes. Have we had problems? Yes. Have we had pain? Yes. But I wake up every morning knowing that his favor and his mercy is new every day. And there's something wonderful about it. There's a beautiful story. There's a beautiful story in the book of Numbers chapter 11 that I want to, I want to take you to just in my mind. I'm not going to put it on the screen. But, but it, it's when Israel was kind of in a place of, of preparation to go into a land of promise. And all of a sudden, the manna comes down. The manna came every day, and it, it covered the ground, and they would harvest the manna. But they went out that day, and, and it had a different color. It was bedellion. It wasn't, it wasn't the white that the other manna was. You see, when, when God brought Israel out, he, the manna tasted like honey. Because when God brings you out of the world, he has to put a new taste in your mouth. And so honey takes out the bitter herbs and the garlic and all the things that you've been eating out there in the world. But God changes your appetite. But then when he gets ready to take you into a land of promise, he changed the manna again. He changed it. And when they cooked it and ate it, it had a taste of fresh oil because he wanted an anointing. Are you with me? He wanted anointing to be ingested into those people. And he wanted them to walk into the land of promise, not afraid and not fearful, but excited about what God was going to give them. Are you with me now? And so they get to fussing about that because they don't like the fresh oil taste. And so Moses gets to complaining to God. And he says, God, listen, we got a problem down here. And God said, what's the problem? Like God didn't know, you know, what's the problem? He said, well, here's the problem. These people are fussing, they're mad because they want, it, they want some meat. They're tired of this coriander seed. They're tired of just eating this manna and they want some meat. And he said, God, can you just kind of help us with that? And the Lord said, yeah, I can help you with that. I sure can, Moses. He said, by the way, why don't you just, don't you just tell them to get ready because I'm going to bring them some food that's going to 
not feed them just for one day or two days. He said this Bible, three days or four days or five days or 10 days or 20 days. I'm going to feed them for a whole month. And Moses said, Lord, you know what you're saying here? You know what you're saying? We got 600,000 foot soldiers in this, in this army here, in this people of Israel. We got 600,000 foot soldiers. Those guys can eat. And the Lord said, Moses, <laughs> I'm God. <laughs> I'm God. Well, yeah. And so he said, Moses, here's what I want you to do. And I love this part. I love this. He said, I want you to call 70 elders. I want you to bring them to you. And I want the spirit that I've put on you, I want you to put it on them. I want to put it on them. In other words, I want everybody that you're leading to feel the same anticipation and the same glory and the same experience that you're feeling in your walk. And so he called those 70 elders up there and the spirit of God went on those 70 elders and they began to prophesy. And then there was two other men named Eldad and Medad. I don't know who they were. They probably were twin brothers. I don't know. It sounded like twins. And all of a sudden they started prophesying over by the tabernacle. Here came some young men running up to them and they said, Moses, you've got to stop this. You've got to stop this. You've got to stop these people from prophesying. And Moses stepped back and he finally relented to the presence of God. He said, I wish the Holy Spirit would fall on everybody in this whole tabernacle. I wish the presence of God would fall on everybody in this camp. Here's what I want to tell you right now. I want this congregation to understand that pastor's not up here on a pedestal preaching down to people. I want everybody in this house to experience the presence of God in your home and the glory of God on your job and the favor of God when you walk in the, in the, in the room and the glory will walk with you everywhere you go. Come on, let it fall on you right now. Let it fall on you right now. Let it fall on you right now. There's no sense in me just being the preacher and you being the listener. Let's let God do something more in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'm done with that now. I'm going to move on to something else. I feel that when a church catches the vision and the dream of a pastor and when the anointing falls on you, not the Holy Spirit, but the anointing of God falls on you and you see things from a different mindset and a different eye of you that God's gonna do something great and mighty in your life. And I sense that happening at Christian Life Church, 4700 Westgate Boulevard, right here in Austin, Texas. In fact, the Bible said that God gave them so much quail, two, two cubits high, a day's journey this way, a day's journey, day's journey, day's journey. And he, the Bible said they started running out their nose and ears. They just couldn't eat it all. Here's what I want to tell you. God's got so much for you. It's going to be coming out of your mouth. It's going to be something you breathe. It's going to be something you walk with every day. I'm not trying to preach it ugly, but I believe that God wants this church to have an anointing on it. Come on now. And there's a more that God has for us. It's time to start eating the, the anointing like we've never had it in our life before. Clap your hands and say amen to that. Amen. So here's what I want to preach it. You got to move out the old and make room for the new. Leviticus chapter 26 said, you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. The plowman shall overtake the reaper. God's got something great for this congregation and it's happening right here before our eyes. 
See, the reason some people don't experience more of God's supply is that they hold on to what they have as it's the last supply that God has for them. Or the reason people hoard is that they have, is that what they have is that they're afraid that the supply is going to run out. Here's a July statement. You ready? Your past supply is not your last supply. Say it. Your past supply is not your last supply. There's folks that get blessings from God and they just hoard it. They hold on to it. And they don't want to give it up. It's like getting a big old pitcher of water and, and, and you just carry it around. But sometimes you got to drink it. And you drink it. And then you drink it and all of a sudden you go down this far, then this far, then this far. Then all of a sudden you're getting close to the bottom. But what you don't realize is that water came from a well that will never run dry. And you get that fill back up. And here's, how, here's God's principle that you need to understand. It showed in the miracle of the widow in the Bible. She said, I, don't, I, I just have one small pot of oil. And he said, go find vessels. And she went and found vessels and started pouring the oil out in those vessels. And when she poured, the, the, the Bible said the cruise did not, did not faint. It did not wax empty. It was not empty. It just kept producing oil. She produced oil in that cruise until she ran out of vessels. Now you hear me when I tell you, God's got something so great for this congregation. And if you'll learn to pour out what God has poured in, he'll always pour in more than what you poured out because God is in the overflow. He blesses to the overflow. Somebody clap your hands and say, I need some of that in my life. The Bible said, if you will give, if you will give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We pour it into your lap, for with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. I wanted to say this, and then I'm going to move on because it's going to get real quiet. Some of you need to start a giving program in your church. You need to not just show up. You need to start giving and blessing this church because we got a building to pay for. And God told me we're going to pay for that in five years. It's going to happen. God's going to help us. Come on, clap your hands. Don't stop on me now. Don't stop on me now. I'm done. I'm through with that. But it's time that you start producing some gifts to God because God is with you. When you give to a beggar on the street, that's a blessed thing. But when you give to the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords, that's a more blessed thing because it's something bigger than yourself. And I love people and I love all of you, but I love people that support the work of God with your tithe and your offering. Clap your hands real big. Amen. See, the supply is up to God, but making room is up to us. You got to move out yesterday's harvest. Make room for the new. Last year's favor is not this year's favor. Last month's favor is not this month's favor. Yesterday's favor is not today's favor. There is more. God's got more for you. Marco Polo lived between 1254 and 1324. He discovered countries east of Europe, met the great Kublai Khan and went into China. He discovered places that, that cartographers said was off the map of the east. He went off the edge of the map. God wants his church in this last hour to walk in some uncharted territories, to walk simply off the map, to not just keep doing church as per usual, but to step out and say, God, by faith, I will step, make this step. And by faith, I will make this step. In fact, the good book says in Isaiah, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. God wants to trust you so much that when you go here, he says, I'll bless that. And when you go here, he says, I'll bless that. And when you go here, he says, I'll bless that because you are walking in the way and he is the way. 
Come on, clap your hands. Say, I want to walk in the way of Jesus Christ in my life. I'm going to walk in the way. So in closing, in closing, I'm going I'm to pray for blessings on your family today. I'm going to pray for favor on your home today. Mm. I'm going to pray for God just to absolutely <laughs> mess you up with his love and kindness. I want you to run smack dab into the favor of the Lord this week. I want you to get up one morning and say, where did that come from? And God said, I am the mighty God. I am the El Shaddai. I am more than enough. I was raised very poor. I was raised very poor. My dad made $27.50 a week sharecropping. Then we got 40, land, 40 acres of dry land farm and we prayed for rain and we prayed for the wind and we prayed for all the things that brought a good crop. And dad's crop, honest to God, so helped me all the 10 years. The years I remember our crops bought more per acre than all the irrigated properties that daddy farmed. You hear me. I've seen too much. I'm like that farmer's insurance. We know some things because we've seen some things. <laughs> and I've seen too much to tell you that God's going to shut off the supply in your life. You put God first and watch God. He's already got you first on his calendar. You're on his refrigerator. He looks at you every morning and said, that's my kid right there. I love him. Oh, by the way, he don't need a refrigerator. He just please put you up on a wall, whatever. But he's a God that loves all of us. Why don't we put things on our refrigerator that remind us how great God is? Instead of telling God how big your problems are, why don't you tell your problems how great your God is? Come on. You just need to tell God, I love you. So I'm going to pray you run slap dab into favor this week. I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to ask God to give you a favor like you have not known in your existence. Because you see, when you have fear in your life, it's hard to see the favor. But when faith is in your life, it's easy to see the favor of God in your life. And I want you to see it. Are you with me? I want you to see it. I read about a little boy that went out in the woods one day and found an egg and brought it home and he had some goose, some geese that he was raising and he put that egg under that mother goose and that mother goose hatched that egg, sat on it and hatched that egg. And when the little bird was born, it didn't have a bill, it had a, it had a beak. And it didn't have webbed feet, it had unwebbed feet. And he stumbled a little bit trying to follow those goose, geese around the little barnyard. And then one day, a, an eagle soared over that barnyard and, and came real low and that, that little what am I bird looked up in the air and saw that eagle flying and started running clumsily across that barnyard and spread its wings and the wind caught it and all of a sudden he began to soar. And he realized he wasn't born to be a goose. He was born to be an eagle. And he was. And I'm just telling everybody in this house today, God didn't birth you to peck around and try to find something on the ground to eat. He birthed you to soar. He birthed you to see things from the air and see things from a different perspective than you could ever imagine in your life. And there's nothing wrong with geese. There's nothing wrong with them. In fact, everybody should have a good goose every now and then for Thanksgiving. Amen.
But what I'm preaching about is not edible. What I'm preaching about is something that soars and sees and believes and trusts. And when the thermals come and lifts its wings, it sails above the storm. And I'm, I'm going to anoint this church today in my prayer with favor of the spirit of an eagle because that's what God birthed everybody in this house today. Look at somebody and say, I like this sermon today. He helped me today. Stand to your feet all over the house and let me bless you. Let me bless you. I'm going to let you out early today, but don't hold that to me next Sunday. Don't hold that against me next Sunday. Bow your head and raise your hands. Dear Father, I bless you today. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you today. I thank you today for these precious people. I thank you for businessmen and women. I thank you for, for people that own their own businesses. And I thank you for people, God, that work for people that own their businesses. And I thank you for every college student. And I thank you for every high school student and grade school and middle school. And I thank you for everybody in this house, God. I thank you for the retired people. I thank you, Lord, for the youths of our church. I thank you. I thank you for the young couples perhaps don't even have children yet. I, I, I thank you for those. I, I thank you for everybody in this house. I thank you for every baby that's been born in the last year. I thank you for all the people that make this church their home. Now, Lord, I bless you today. I really do. I bless you and I, I'm praying favor. I'm praying the favor of the spirit of an eagle on these people that they will soar and that they will manifest and see and understand the glory of God in their life. That it's not just a preacher preaching to them and them gleaning from it, but it's them walking into a new dimension of favor with God. There is more, there is more, there is more. Now bless them this week. Let it happen this week. Let something happen this week that will be refrigerator worthy. That they'll put on refrigerator this day, this day, we decided to sail on. And we're gonna make, we're gonna make it to the world that God has prepared for us. Now bless us and thank you for this church. Bring us back Wednesday night for a night of worship and next Sunday morning for the blessed life. We're gonna talk about a blessed life next week. Thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Look up to the heavens and say I love you, Lord. Look to your right and left and say I appreciate and love you, whoever you're with there. And I want you to have the best week ever. Say amen to that. Amen. Say I receive that. The best week ever. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Go with the Lord. He'll go with you. You're the best in the whole town. I love you. God bless you.